to entertain you, we'll sing your songs. Hey there, are you obsessed with things that happened before your time? Well, if you are, join me, the host of Before My Time, Gelsey Laurie, to discuss the wonders of the yesteryears that we weren't around to enjoy ourselves. You can find us on all podcast platforms. Soon you'll be swaying, so come on, sing along. You've been lost in the woods for hours now, stumbling around in the dark. You come around the bend and see two people roasting marshmallows over a roaring fire. They see you coming into the clearing and gesture over to pull up a log. Welcome to Campfire Ashes. I'm Paul. And I'm Jess. Join us as we tell each other our originally written spooky stories around the campfire and then dive into the lore and legends that inspired them. Is it something that goes bump in the night? Is it something menacing lurking past the tree line? Or is it just weird and otherworldly? You'll find it here on Campfire Ashes. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, or right here on the Geekscape Network. It's listener submitted month, and I just want to dance. So we're talking about 2006's Grave Dancers. This one was submitted to us by a longtime listener who's been super active on the Facebook. So let's look at the email we got from Jason Welch. Uh, Jason emailed us and said, so it's my one year anniversary of discovering the horror movie night podcast. And I must admit that I didn't start with Wolf Cop. Originally, I first downloaded Dr. Giggles because I had fond memories of that film as a kid. I laughed so much during the episode that I quickly subscribed and started at the beginning with Wolf Cop. And now here I am all caught up and having to wait weekly for my new episode. It's so bittersweet. (laughs) So as always, I've seen many horror films and I have a personal favorite to favorite to recommend. It's 2006's The Grave Dancers. Never mind that it was part of the horror promotion Eight Films to Die For. The film was spooky and the makeup effects were great. Still loving the podcast. Thanks for all the free laughter. He's going to be real disappointed in this episode. I was going to say, the two things that he thinks are great about this movie are the two things that hurt this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Along with the script, the direction, and the acting. (laughs) (laughs) Man, so first thing I got to say is Dominic Purcell is the main character in this film. Um, and he can't act his way out of a paper bag. He yawns mm. practically through every yeah. line of dialogue. I've never seen a person oh. look more bored to be anywhere in a movie. So so Dominic Purcell, if you don't know who he is, is the one of the main characters in Prison Break, the TV show, and... In Legends of Tomorrow, the television series that's based on all of... It's basically the better Justice League. <laughs> it's actually a great show. He plays... Um, oh, fuck, what's his name? Uh, the fire the firebug guy. Um, I think... I, I, but but uh, Legends of Tomorrow, he's 
amazing in that show because all he does is just kind of growl and look bored and drink beer. And half the cast is like pseudo famous. Like that's like the yeah. best. Yeah. Because his wife, yeah. his wait, wife wait. is Glory from Buffy. Wait, what? Yeah. Oh my god, it is. Yeah. I, I didn't even look her up because yeah. I was like, and she looks familiar, but not familiar enough. And then the best friend, and this might help Ryan get to Michael Keaton, <laughs> uh, the best friend played Jeff Dearly in Drowning Mona. Oh, yes, he did. Yes, he What's Drowning? <laughs> is that a black comedy? No, it's a black Drowning comedy Mo- starring Danny DeVito. <laughs> Dude, Drowning Mona is so good. Scott, that's not like a UHF Kelly thing. Like Drowning Mona is a slept on movie. Yeah. It's a really good movie. The cover, but that's, I don't know anything about it. So the movie is about Mona Dearly, who's played by Bette Midler, who dies in the first minute of the movie. Wait, so you only need to sit through a minute of Bette Midler's acting and then you get to have a movie? Yeah. (laughs) You're selling me on it already? Well, Well, she appears in flashbacks, but the premise is that Everyone in town is a suspect <laughs> for murdering her because she was such a terrible human being. So it's very much like a like one of those types of like they're investigating each possible person who could have committed the crime. And like all of them have nothing but motive. <laughs> yeah. uh, but the cast is like crazy. It's Bette Midler, Danny DeVito, Casey Affleck, uh, Nev Campbell. Uh, one spoiler alert. Then I'll do the then I'll just knock out the Beetlejuice. But one of my favorite scenes in the movie was Jeff killed this guy's dog when he was like mowing the mowing the lawn. But he told the police officer, the dog's name was Peaches, that uh, Casey Affleck's character killed him. So Casey Affleck's like really like really dry and sad talking to the cop. He's like, yeah, he hasn't been the same ever since uh, Jeff killed Peaches. And Danny DeVito's like, I thought it was the other way around. Peaches killed Jeff. And it's just such a perfect delivery. <laughs> but anyway, so yes, Johnny Mona, the police officer, the sheriff, is Danny DeVito, who was the penguin in Batman Returns, starring Michael Keaton, Six Degrees of Beetlejuice. <laughs> so here's a question. Is does it have to be six degrees? Do you have to like make a detour? To uh, get to, or is it up to six degrees? Usually uh, with six degrees to Kevin Bacon, you can't go over six degrees, but as long as you get to Kevin Bacon before six moves, you win. Six degrees is just like, you know, the six de- six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Um, but it's a famous thing. But for me, I mean, we watch some bonkers fucking comedy or some bonkers fucking horror. I'll waste your time and do 15 degrees if I have to, but I'm getting the Beetlejuice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So movie starts off with a ghost attacking a woman in, a par- in an apartment. And, uh, you know, from a screenwriting standpoint, they always say you got to give them like a good scare at the start of a horror movie. Uh, it'd be nice if that scare had anything to fucking do with the rest of the movie. But here we are. Yeah. Um, and so- also, I have a question about this kill. Didn't this exact same thing kick off Stay Alive? Isn't it the exact same kill? It's similar to Stay Alive. It definitely appeared in, uh, if not Final Destination 1, Final Destination 2. Uh oh, I- Apparently, there's only a select amount of ways that a ghost can hang somebody. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I'm going to let you guys know now. The first 35 minutes of this movie are pretty much non-existent to me. Yeah, um, that's fine. Because yeah. I, I watched the first 35 minutes with Jade. 
And I had to turn it off and say, I'm going to watch the rest of this tomorrow. But I did make notes of why I didn't pay attention. And you guys just helped me with the final destination because the first 10, 10 minutes of this movie was me arguing with Jade whether we watched the beginning of this or not. Like, she's like, we started watching this before. I was like, no, we didn't. I assure you. She's like, no, we did. I was like, there's never a time where we looked at Grave Dancers, watched the trailer, and said, yeah, let's give this a shot. And that was 10 minutes that went by. I love the arguments that you got over that little stats. Like, you guys uh, are I'm so really... sure of this. I'm so sure of this, but neither of you are right. You're really going to get a good look at our relationship the first 35 minutes of this movie that we talk about because I've marked down every detour that happened throughout the first 35 minutes of this movie. All right. So their friend is dead. Um, there mm-hmm. was a <laughs> side note. This is how my brain works. It shows the woman hanging. And then it says one year later, and then it cuts to a funeral. And I was like, it took him a year to bury that girl? (laughs) I thought too. (laughs) Can't just take off work whenever you want. (laughs) So so a year later, a completely different person unrelated to the woman at the start dies. And why would you not just have the friend die? And oh my God, whatever. Whatever. Uh, So the three friends reunite. Uh, they haven't seen each other since college, and for good reason, because one of them is a home wrecker and the other one's uh, like an alcoholic pothead. Mm-hmm. So they decide, you know, at 11 p.m., it's time to go to the graveyard for a goodbye toast. I don't know why this didn't come up any point after the gathering at like three. Yeah. They had to go and drink yeah, at the bar first. They, they, sat, they sat at a bar for fucking six hours. No way. Like, I don't like anyone that much. Yeah. No. And then it, like, quickly turns into this drunken party at yeah. the tombstone. Okay. So the, so, so Dominic Purcell is, is not drunk enough to even agree to go to the graveyard when they leave the bar. And then they're sitting there, and they each have a bottle of champagne, right? Mm-hmm. Um, well... He and the homewrecker girl have bottles of champagne, and then the pot, the drunk asshole friend has a bottle of night train, which is like dirt wine. Um, and I'm sorry, like if you're hard drinkers, like these people apparently are, there's no fucking way that you would be falling down drunk after a bottle of champagne. That's like four glasses of wine. That's nothing. No. Uh I mean, so, Brian, you're you're the resident expert. Yeah. You tell me. A bunch of lightweights. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm not trying to say that I wouldn't be acting a fool after a bottle of wine, but I also would be acting foolish after a glass. So, yeah. so then, like, I don't know. They, it jump cuts so quickly. They're like, all right, we're just going to do a final toast, and then it immediately cuts to like they're shit faced. Yeah, Sid's just like leaning against the tombstone, like, hey. <laughs> so he's like, I got a letter for you, buddy. Let me see if I can read it. Um, and this is where Kira and Harris go off and start kissing. But do they even kiss? It's I like a millisecond, they, but I, I thought that they like almost kissed, and then Sid comes in and he's like, <laughs> Let's read this thing. <laughs> That's true. And God, that poem sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have a note about that too. How like whoever wrote the screenplay thought that they were so clever. It was that a poem's way too long. I actually wrote the poem, the writer. <laughs> 
<laughs> also, this premise is ridiculous. It's raining, and they're like, "Let's go to, let's go sit at the graves." Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of logical leaps just in the first couple minutes. And this also, is a, I want to make a side note about this though. I remember this being a serious problem with all of the After Dark movies. So, so and that's the thing. So we've already talked about one of these eight films before because we did Dark Ride. Yeah. Which was it the same I, year or was it a different? This movie? was the same year. This oh, was okay. the same year. Um, Dark Ride is definitely better than this. Not saying that, <laughs> um, but I still think this is one of probably in the top five of that particular year. And we'll go over before we wrap up. We'll definitely go over what all eight films were. Um, and make sure that I'm still correct with that. But uh, <laughs> the dancing in the graveyard is super awkward because it's almost like they had no direction on what to do. It was yeah. just kind of like, riff it, riff the dance. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, the one <laughs> prison break goes, you can't dance on someone's grave. And the girl goes, don't listen to him. I think it's cool. And Jane <laughs> didn't know why I found that so funny. So I was trying to explain to her like, yeah, at face value, it's not funny. But I'm just picturing a guy driving down, passing the graveyard, stopping, looking at these three kids dancing and go, cool, and then just leaving. <laughs> and then she questioned being with me. <laughs> That's daily. Uh, so the guitar solo in the song is so fucking sloppy. It was driving me mad. See, and that's the most embarrassing note that I have is I just wrote, this dancing's terrible, but the song is pretty dope. <laughs> oh, Matt, no. <laughs> so upset with you right now. It's probably the best song in the movie, if that's any it's consolation. Only, if, no, are you saying that this is better than a Chopin piece? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is like the whitest movie we've discussed in a long time because Dominic Purcell is like, Honey, I didn't know you learned Chopin. And I'm like, what? It's really also like the whitest movie that we've ever seen because there's six people in the movie and they're all white. <laughs> yeah, like I bet that if you went through the entire <laughs> cast, crew, producer, editor, like there's not a minority to be seen. No. Nah. Uh, so it's been a month. It just jump cuts, just like we jumped from a year. Uh, it jumps a and month why does ahead. It take a month? Is it um, because yeah. it's supposed to be the full moon? Yeah, but also, moon cycle, I guess. I guess the moon cycle. But also, so he comes home from the thing. This is another derailed moment. This is probably the most ridiculous derailed moment. He comes home. She looks out the window, sees him with the girl. Jade and I immediately just start talking about cheating and how he didn't approach her or how she didn't confront him when he saw him in the car with the girl. We asked how we would handle it. We both agreed that we we wouldn't handle it well. We wouldn't be forgiving. To to which point Jade said, I'm not a player. To which point I responded with, I'm not a player. I just fuck a lot. And then we were trying to think of... <laughs> who, I was like, he's going to make a big pun reference. Yeah. I know it. <laughs> so then she told me it was that. And then I brought up Shoulder Lean. And then we started talking about good rap songs and Jade being a self. <laughs> Jade being her goofy self said, you know what's a good rap song? Get out the beat to cut, Nando. And I started throwing it down. <laughs> with my hand and she asked me do you even know the cut nine joe dance and i said no but a lot of women in my family do i also don't know the electric slide but i do know the cha-cha slide because they tell you how to do it and then we just start talking about white people group dances that we're special doing ending with us both doing the macarena and then going back to the movie <laughs> Brian, I like to believe that your hand version of the Cotton Eye Joe is the 
equivalency of the Bluths trying to impersonate a chicken? <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's pretty simple to think. It's just uh, finger pointing up, your index finger pointing up, and then just up and down to the song. <laughs> um, so... I jumped ahead a little bit because this movie fucking just doesn't, nothing happens for like 15 minutes. Um, at oh, night. Oh, you're talking about the part when they fall asleep and they're sleeping on top of the covers like fucking barbarian? fucking nuts. That's the part you're talking about, right? Uh, yes, that, that scene where Harris's wife is attacked by somebody. Yeah, um, but then, so, so. Okay, that makes no sense. The cops pull their fucking guns on them. <laughs> so here's a note that I think just shows how little I paid attention to the movie. It says, they find Kira, and then the word dead is written, and then it's scratched out and unconscious is written above it. <laughs> but the side note is I didn't realize that she wasn't dead, because I was only half watching at this point, until she showed up later on in the movie. <laughs> I mean... I think that her acting from the first part makes you wonder if she was unconscious or dead through the whole movie. Uh, so they take her to the hospital, uh, and then the wife is attacked by, like, a rotting, bloody corpse. Um, and that's when they finally are like, let's go talk to Sid, because maybe he's going through something. Oh, is that the part where Sid goes, hey, check this out? It sounds exactly like Brian. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> and then we 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 breezed over the last distraction and the, the hospital scene is when I turned off the movie and started watching it by myself this morning. So this is the last one that has nothing to do with the episode. She hears the piano start playing and Jade says, oh, it's the ghost of Ray Charles. And then Jade <laughs> asks me, Ray Charles is dead, right? To which I say, yes. <laughs> and then she says, do you think his ghost can see or is it blind? And then we were trying to figure out if someone dies at the age of 73 and they lost their sight at age seven, would their ghost be able to see or not? Because most of their memory is not being able to see. Um, I think that he can't. She thinks that he can. And then I said, I need to focus, turned off the movie. And now we're back. (laughs) So, so here I got to, we got to talk about that, that argument though, because so you guys are religious sort of, and believe in heaven. So Ray Charles could see because even blind people that were born blind can see in heaven because heaven is the perfect place. Uh, unless you're a real fucking prick, you go to hell and then you can't see and people are poking you in the asshole with burning rods and mm-hmm. for eternity. And that's that's hell um, for someone like me who doesn't believe in an afterlife. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like for someone no. like me who doesn't believe in an afterlife, ghosts aren't real, and this is fucking stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I didn't make this movie as an excuse to talk about that. Um, so, so and out- also, here's one thing I gotta mention, and I think I've mentioned this at least twenty times. I don't know, fucking too many times. Um, for someone who doesn't believe in ghosts, a good haunted house movie is my jam. Like mm-hmm. I. I love The Conjuring. I, I love The Conjuring. That movie scared the piss out of me. And I was an adult seeing it. I watched it with the lights on and headphones on. And Megan's sitting right next to me on the couch. This was what, like 2007, 2009, whenever it came, whenever it came yeah. out. Um, and I was so creeped out. Like, that movie is great. But Grave Dancers is kind of a haunted house movie. But it's like they're you know being haunted wherever they go. This movie, there were no scares. This is the most bloodless, bland, just 
how did this get made kind of film. This movie this is, oh, is this like Fox Searchlight Pictures is what did the eight films to die for or something? Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I forget who it was all tied into. But it's but, like got a big budget because they paid for eight of these a year. This movie <laughs> would be like a good. Well, well, hold on a second. Hold on a second. It's it's not that it's specifically keep in mind. So these movies and this actually explains a lot. The eight films to die for is part of the After Dark Horror Movie Festival, which is where they have a whole film festival of horror, independent horror films and then just buy the rights to the eight best ones from that oh, okay. year. So it doesn't really cost them that much beyond acquiring the rights. So the budgets are, like, not important for these. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so, yeah. So, like I was getting at, like, this movie would be a, a good ride at like six flags <laughs> and i don't mean like oh they should make a ride out of this movie i'm saying they shouldn't have made this to. movie you know this movie shouldn't have been made but the special effects the makeup the, the over the top storyline of just like oh you danced on a serial killer's grave in a pyromaniac like it would make a good ride and that's what i was yeah. thinking like this would make a good ride but not like a universal ride not that much money like a Six Flags or like a carnival that comes to town for 48 hours, you know? <laughs> they don't have to put too much effort in. Yeah. Well, why were all of these terrible people buried so close together if they died in all different types of time periods? Like that, that's I don't where they put anything. the unwanted bodies. Yeah, but Matt's got so a why is there a friend here? in the unwanted bodies graveyard? He's a dick. <laughs> <laughs> there are so many logical leaps in this film. My head is spinning. So the first note that I have of a moment that filled me with nothing but joy is where they're telling them about all of the ghosts and there is this old timey footage of a dude getting an ax in his head that yeah. is so shoddily done. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I bursted into laughter on my couch. So they find out that they've got all these ghosts and the paranormal investigators are just like, look, it's super simple. All you got to do is dig up their bodies and then rebury their bodies. Yeah. Oh, so two things. One, who paid for the rapist ghost's huge gravestone that says good riddance? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's not cheap. Uh, second, secondly, um, I want to point out here that Hollywood makes digging up a body seem really pounds, easy. Like, it looks super doable. They did three. Yeah, they knock out three in an evening. You yeah. Know? <laughs> like, <laughs> an hour. And there are only four or five people there, or maybe six, because, like, whatever. The, 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 the three friends, the wife, and then the two investigators. So six people. Um, and Sid's lines and his demeanor through the whole movie, he's supposed to be the comedic effect of the film, and nothing he hits. He's like, because um, there's like later on, after the first time, so they dig up all the bones, and they're, then they start getting shit gets real for them. You know, like they're at the this weird house where the investigators live, and Sid literally says, Yo, this shit ain't over. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So so we find out that the one investigator stole the heads because she wanted to make sure that the hauntings didn't stop until she had some hard evidence. Yeah. Uh, The uh, the welfare Linda Cardellini. (laughs) Kmart Cardellini. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. She should legally change her name to that. (laughs) That would probably get more work. Porn for sure. That's a great porn name. <laughs> Kira is killed 
but then she's possessed by the axe murderer. Oh wait, wait, wait! What? Okay, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry to keep interrupting you, Matt. No, I'm go doing for it. So much this this week, and I'm sorry. What do you guys think about the ghost faces? So one of the so I wrote she has a demonic mask, and then the Ooh, next note says, "I really remember this being cooler as a kid." <laughs> <laughs> so so before we get to Kira's possessed face, which looks like shit, we get the ridiculous over the top like 90s kids movie type ghost faces where they're like just absurd yeah. what do you guys think about those i want your opinions and then i'll give you mine i mean it could have worked with the serial killer maybe if they tried a little harder the child arsonist was just comical like it was yeah. just a giant head on a tiny body yeah it seemed like i think the biggest issue for me is like and we'll get to this because there's a point where things look fantastic um but these masks is there if they articulate it better i think it could have worked but the fact that the mouth doesn't really move or anything yeah. yeah it's just like okay so it's just a mask like you just bought a mask and threw it on somebody but if like there was a little bit of life to it and like you know, they had the extra budget just to like little animatronics around yeah, the eyes or something. It would have it would have made it go up like ten percent on how much better I think it looked. Well, here's my thing: is there is one scene, and I think it might be the first scene when um the wife gets attacked by the ghost, right? And like the, I feel like the face looks so good because it's really dark in that scene but then Ooh. the rest of the times you see those faces it's like full fluorescent lights on them and they yeah. look silly <laughs> as hell Too much. Um, but like I, I i don't know that first scene really worked for me uh it wasn't scary you know not not in the most basic concept of what scares a person but i really i don't know it felt like a kid's idea of what a scary ghost face would be yeah, I want to say this was right around the same time as that bullshit Grave Encounters movie uh, where they did the stretch CGI <laughs> ghost faces that everybody on Reddit was like jizzing their pants over for about seven or eight fucking years. And I couldn't I hate Grave Encounters. Grave Encounters is quite possibly the worst found footage movie, movie I've ever watched. And people just are so j- still jazzed about it. It's a piece of shit. In, my, um, in, in Grave Encounter 2's defense, you do get to see a fart through <laughs> night vision goggles. Uh, so this was before your time on the podcast, but we definitely did that joke with the St. Francisville experiment, and it works a lot better in that. So there's the attic scene. Uh, they go up to the attic, and I have a note here that just says, that is the worst axe swing I have ever seen in my life. Like, yeah. I don't like I don't understand even how it worked. Like, <laughs> the way that she swung the axe at him. Like, of course you missed. You're not swinging it like a normal human being in the slightest. No one swings an axe like uh, 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 horizontally. You hang, you, yeah. you do, you do it above your head because it's for chopping fucking wood. Yeah, she's like acting like she's like hitting a baseball. Like yeah. I don't know what she's yeah. doing with this thing. Well, um, be, well, I mean, you guys, you had to play baseball, so maybe this ghost never had to play baseball. Maybe that's true. Maybe she didn't have a dad that was like, "I want a son." This is where the movie goes from. God, oh, I wish man. this was over. To fantastic. So no, it's Harris, not good though. It's it's so absurd. So Harris gets downstairs, and then Kira's possessed body just gets wrecked by a truck. Yeah. And it turns into a gigantic, like, half CGI, half puppet demon skull head. And then it just becomes a chase scene. And I'm just like, 
man, this is making up for a lot of lost time. Like, no, it was not. <laughs> no, well, like, okay, so we really need a huge disclaimer right here that it's not a good effect and it doesn't make the price of admission worthwhile. Thank fuck I didn't have to pay to rent this. It was on Shutter. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you I watched feeling, it on Shutter too. Yeah, yeah. If you're I just like popped in my DVD. I hate you. So, so, uh, you know, like if you have Shutter and you're feeling masochistic, you can put this on, but please do not rent it on Amazon. Um, <laughs> but it's just so ridiculous because, you know, it would work in the Frighteners. Yeah. But this is just so tone deaf and it's out of nowhere. And the, ugh, how old is this movie? Like a decade? 12, it's, yeah, 12, it's 12 years, years old. old. Yeah. Yeah, so it does not it does not hold up, man. Like it is so <laughs> it's it's ridiculous. But give me this much, it's easily the best part of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, no, like it's it's entertaining. <laughs> I'm not saying it's quality, but you're on it's it's the ride of the movie. Oh, it is. It's the point where I was like I as I saw that scene, cuz I forgot that that scene happened. When that moment happened, I was like this is why I bought this movie. <laughs> <laughs> like like I I walked away from the previous viewing and that was the only thing that was fresh in my head was like shit, that giant head chased them. That was pretty cool. <laughs> um and uh-huh. I think it's the same reason why I remembered Oh man, I should put that movie on our list one day because when someone else recommended it, I was like, "Oh, thank God, I don't have to take the hit." So, okay. uh, yeah, so that's, they, that's really what we use use you, listener submitted month for is to have them take the hit for shitty movies. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they throw the skull into the grave, and then it you know makes the ghost go away. So Harris is saved, but they have to dig him out of the inch or so of dirt that he was buried <laughs> under. And then it's revealed that it's the caretaker that puts the envelope there, but I just feel like that's um it's a pretty pretty weak plan. Yeah, Terrible. it's like I hope somebody reads this, gets drunk yeah. and follows the directions. Yeah, like See? I bet that it's had a success rate of 2. The girl in the beginning <laughs> of the movie and this group of friends. I wish that they would and what does he benefit mind. from it? He doesn't. He's just <laughs> he's just an idiot. But I was really hoping that this was going to have a saving grace at the end, where they were going to do like a Shaun of the Dead style ending. Like that's how I would have liked to see them was them recite the poem and dance on their friends' graves, and then it's just them having a hoot with their ghost friends for a month. Oh, man, now you know this movie doesn't give a fuck about tone anyway. Yeah, oh, right. Perfect. I mean, it, it's obviously a. A hilarious comedy when he says read between the lines or paranormal oh this god. when grabbing his junk oh god we're missing so many <laughs> embar- just so many cringe inducing lines also the 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 rapist ghost his name was langer um at the end right before she gets po- killed and then possessed he grabs kira's boob in, re- <laughs> in like real life and that's some that's an actor like totally feeling up that actress and I was just like, ooh. 
it's like that it's like whoever it's like whoever was that one hand in ghostbusters that bursts out of the couch and cops a feel of uh, or the the person who gets to be the hand that gropes the the kiss makeup chick in idle hands Here's the thing. I'll at least justify that that probably was in the script. I don't think the Ghostbusters <laughs> script called out that one guy needed to really make sure that he got a big oh, handful bullshit. of Journey Weaver. Bullshit. There was a ghost blowjob originally in that film. That is, okay, touche. Uh, and not originally. It's in there. It's just not in the TV version. Yeah, yeah, we've, yeah, um, we've been over that uh, more than once. And I, I, I just love talking about it because I never got to see it as a kid. I feel like I would have been a lot more um, worldly, you know, if I would have seen... <laughs> Dan Acker, I get blown by nobody. Uh, so there are a couple quick things I got to talk about here that we missed. So, you know, my Jolt Cola, my eye for Jolt Cola. Yeah, you're obsessed with it. Was, was it in this too? No, there was okay. a, there was a uh, cheer wine vending machine in that house. That makes no sense. <laughs> like, I, I don't, what is it about weird Z level colas that just show up in the movies that we watch? Because there are that that cheer wine vending machine is very prominently displayed in like six scenes in this film. Yeah, I completely forgot about it until you just brought it up. But yeah, I did notice that vending machine at one point. I think it was in the hospital or in the. It's community? in their house. Yeah, it's that, in there. The but that paranormal. house isn't. It's not a like that paranormal house is not a house. It's like a library. Yeah, <laughs> you know it's huge. Uh, and all, so I had to mention that. And also, everybody is wearing like a chunky. 2001 era sweater you remember those sweaters those cable knit sweaters everybody's wearing one in this when they get to that house that's all everybody's wearing a sweater or a cardigan <laughs> i don't know why that bothered me but <laughs> so you haven't seen me in the winter time i only wear cardigans for three that's, months he's like a regular mr rogers when he walks into a house yeah well he's not quite mr rogers because you know mr rogers didn't have quite the checkered past as brian kelly that's true. he also doesn't get on a podcast and and uh call out the people that were mean to him as a kid <laughs> dude yeah. if mr rogers was alive during the days of podcasting and he just yeah. had a weekly podcast where he called out people that were mean to him <laughs> i would subscribe so fast yeah we actually wouldn't have our podcast we would just have a fan page for his podcast Dude, we would just Mr. do a reaction Rogers. podcast to each one of his podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Rogers throwing shade would be great. Just like <laughs> no, I think we found your next podcast endeavor, Brian. Oh, let me get the door. Oh, hey, Mr. McFeely, you got some mail for me today. Oh, it's from my childhood friend Jake. Yeah, he always writes to me, unlike that cunt hole Steve who hasn't talked to me in four years. <laughs> Hey there, are you obsessed with things that happened before your time? Well, if you are, join me, the host of Before My Time, Gelsey Laurie, to discuss the wonders of the yesteryears that we weren't around to enjoy ourselves. You can find us on all podcast platforms. Soon you'll be swaying, so come on, sing along. You've been lost in the woods for hours now, stumbling around in the dark. 
You come around the bend and see two people roasting marshmallows over a roaring fire. They see you coming into the clearing and gesture over to pull up a log. Welcome to Campfire Ashes. I'm Paul. And I'm Jess. Join us as we tell each other our originally written spooky stories around the campfire and then dive into the lore and legends that inspired them. Is it something that goes bump in the night? Is it something menacing lurking past the tree line? Or is it just weird and otherworldly? You'll find it here on Campfire Ashes. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, or right here on the Geekscape Network. Set a course. Set a course. Set a course for the unstoppable Jack and Jen podcasting the impossible Star Trek Voyager being the material Wine is the vehicle just like milk for your cereal Here we go, blast into the Delta Quadrant Uncharted territory, but we're on it So pour me another glass of Cabernet Cause it pairs with a different part of the galaxy Never in my life was a crew so brave Never was a time that I liked rosé But you learn something new each and every day To explore new things is a Starfleet way Podcast hailing from the Geekscape Nation Talking Star Trek with the wine persuasion So you wanna live long and prosper fine Then you better tune in to Seven of Wine And this is Seven of Wine Where we review an episode of Star Trek Voyager And a bottle of wine at the same time All right, guys. So as we explained last week, we are no longer doing the What Did We Watch This Week? Stay tuned. There will be a bonus episode of What Did We Watch This Month? So instead, we're going to talk about the double features. What is the movie that you would watch alongside with this movie if you were having a bunch of people over? Uh, Does anyone want to go first or I can just start? You can start. Okay, so this one's a little bit of a stretch. Tremors, I had one that was really thought out. This one, it was very instinct, just reactionary. Uh, I saw a giant floating skull head, and it made me think, man, that reminds me of how Night of the Demons ends with a giant floating (laughs) head, too. So Night of the Demons is my double feature for Grave Dancers. So are you going to start with Grave Dancers? Oh, absolutely. You, You start with the garbage. And then be like, look, look, I'm really sorry that I made you watch this. Now Let's watch, watch this. It's great. Uh, and Night of the Demons, <laughs> you really can't go wrong. I, it's just, yeah. Okay, so I was thinking a little bit differently with this. Um, I was going to say, if you're going to slum it with the eight films to die for, I would mix it up with one of the other ones. Now, I couldn't decide which of the two, out of the, which, which one I wanted out of these two. So... Brian, you may have seen them both. Matt, I'm positive you have. So it was the first year I've seen them all. <laughs> was this from the first year? Yes. Okay. Well, then I think that all all of them were from year one. Um. So either the deaths of Ian Stone or Meet the Hamiltons. Okay. Now, Meet the oh. Hamiltons is a legitimately good eight films to die for film. I think. I I would argue it's the best. Yeah. Of any of their movies. Yeah. Um, the Hamiltons was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, the deaths of Ian Stone was the following year. Okay. Now. It, and I did really, see it. It was good. <laughs> well, here's my take on it. It's good until Trinity and Neo from the fucking Matrix show up in it. <laughs> and that movie has so much exposition. It's because it's so high concept that they literally couldn't have the movie without the old man giving the exposition because it would make no sense otherwise. So I wanted to love that movie. I loved the concept until it got sci-fi. But I feel like, so you can either have, you start off with Grave Dancers and then you redeem it with Meet the Hamiltons or you start off with the Grave Dancers and then you go balls to the wall. You double down on ridiculousness with Thespian Stone. You tell me. 
I think after this, they're going to need something that's just good all the way through. So I would go with the Hamiltons. I got to see this movie. Never saw it. Meet the Hamiltons. Hamiltons I recommend it. It's good. Yeah. And uh, Brian, what's yours? So mine is I would have to put them through this shit movie and then I'd have to redeem myself and be like, look, I'm not really, I've never seen this movie. I had to do it for a stupid podcast, but <laughs> a stupid podcast. On, uh, sorry, a stupid podcast episode um, <laughs> <laughs> with stupid people. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, but since we're on the subject of hauntings and a serial killer ghost one of my favorite childhood movies starring michael j fox the frighteners is a good time let's sit down and watch the frighteners i haven't seen the frighteners in a long time but i'm hoping it holds up because it i does. genuinely it holds up beautifully that movie hey matt did we do it on reddit horror club and horror movie night i think it may have been one of the few ones that we did for both yeah no, and i don't think so because i went through your episode list on the website. I couldn't see it, but I did. Frighteners, we definitely did for horror movie night. Oh, and you know what else you could do? You could do a triple feature with the remake of 13 ghosts. There you go. Uh, But for the sake of the poll on Twitch, Twitch, for the sake of the Twitter poll, we will be posting our three picks, which are night of the demons. uh, I should clarify from the eighties frighteners or the Hamiltons. Yeah. Um, Hmm. So, Real quick, here's the other movies that were in the eight films to die for. Uh, there was The Abandoned. Plotline, a film producer who was adopted as a baby and sent to America <laughs> returns to her native Russia and her family farm. Once there, strange things begin to happen. Um, Dark Ride, which we've already done as an episode. Uh, Grave Dancers, which we just did. Uh, the Hamiltons, a picture-perfect uh, picture perfect American family making up of four very different siblings trying to get by after the recent death of their parents is always kind, loving, and respectful to their neighbors, except when they usually end up killing them by mistake. Um, Penny Dreadful, which is my least favorite of all of them. Uh, A young girl and her therapist take a road trip to help her overcome her fear of riding in cars. The trip turns deadly when an escaped mental patient starts a new killing spree. Oh, Uh, that's awful. Yeah. Reincarnation, a Japanese film crew recreates a gruesome mass murder at a royal hotel only to find themselves suffering the fates that they are acting out in the film. Uh, Unrest, a medical student collapses upon sensing a presence about her cadaver. Her fears are strengthened by the mysterious death of a friend. She must discover the connection before any angry spirits can wreak further vengeance. Uh, This film is also noteworthy because they used real cadavers in it. Oh, that's right. I remember. Yeah, that was like their claim to fame. (laughs) Yeah. And then Wicked Little Things, a recently widowed Karen Tunney and her two daughters, Sarah and Emma, moved to a remote mountain house in Pennsylvania, which Karen has inherited from her family of from the family of her late husband. However, she is unaware that the home is situated near an old coal mine, the site of the early 20th century tragedy in which many children, minors were buried alive and have now become zombies out to avenge their death. Oh, God. Mm. Man, year one was pretty bad. Yeah, which is why I said I still stand by Grave Dancers is in the top four right there. Um, (laughs) I'm saying much. It's in the top 50%. Yeah, Yeah. Death Ride, Grave Dancers, Hamiltons, and Reincarnation are the only ones that I remember having anything worth watching. Um, Reincarnation, I think, was from the director of the Japanese Ring and Grudge. 
and I'm not like super into J horror, but I remember that one really, really working for me for some reason. So that might be worth revisiting as like a listener or a person, but probably not for an episode of the podcast. I have a question. Can we, Sure. since I doubt that we're going to come back to pretty much anything from the eight films to die for, can we like, I have the lists up. Can we just like run through them real quick for each year? Yeah. Is that okay? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so I, I stopped after the second year, though. So after I, that, I'm not going to know anything. Yeah, well, I, I might have stopped after year three, actually. So year two. So year one was 2006. Year two was 2007. Um, do you guys remember the Miss Horror Fest uh, yes. web series that they did, Brian? No. Oh, man, it was great. There was there were these, these twin sisters that were they the contortionists. I think so. I never watched the show. The girl who won that was like the punk rock girl with the huge spikes in her hair. uh, There's a video on Geekscape of me interviewing her at uh, New York Comic Con. That was year two. I think she was the first year because and the only reason I know that is because they they were there to promote Frontiers and Borderlands Mm -hmm. specifically. So it was year two. Wait, no, no. Uh, Year two was Borderland, but oh, Frontiers was year two. I thought that was year three. Okay. Yeah. Have you seen Frontiers? It's pretty good, but I never would watch it again. <laughs> it's it's French Extreme. I don't really do French Extreme. Um, I mean, it's that's the style, as far as I understand. Um, yeah. So so year two is Borderland, Crazy Eights, The Deaths of Ian Stone, Lake Dead, Mulberry Street, Nightmare Man, Tooth and Nail, Unearthed and Frontiers. Um, Deaths of Ian Stone. I watched. Mulberry Street is cool because that's the um, the were rats like the rat yeah. people monsters that was actually Mul- a really fun one mulberry street was really fun uh i don't remember anything about borderland except that it starred rider strong from from boy meets Ooh, world oh wow rider strong i mean nightmare man was really bad it's like uh an african fertility mask monster oh man it's it's really it is like an episode of buffy that's when i stopped watching was i got like I think I got through like six of the eight of year two. And I was like, only one of these was genuinely fun. I'm yeah. kind of done with these movies. <laughs> yeah. And you know, what's really weird is that I didn't realize, but the, the eight films to die for posters are all naked women with monsters like on them. Well, the first yeah. three years, which is really, that's pandering. I don't like oh, that. Oh shit. <laughs> so I, I skipped ahead and looked at, um, at a few of the uh, future ones, and there's like two or three movies that I think at this point they stopped advertising them as part of the movies to die for because yeah. I had no clue that they the were Butterfly tied to it. Effect 3. <laughs> oh, <dear. laughs> yeah. Oh, um, yeah, so year three was Autopsy, The Broken, Butterfly Effect 3, Dying Breed, From Within, per- Perkins 14. Oh, that was really bad. Uh, Slaughter and Voices. And most of these names are like so forgettable. I think Perkins 14 was the follow-up from the director of Dark Ride, too. Oh, well, that... Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, then Horror Fest 4, which is... They skipped to 2010. They didn't do 2009, I guess. It was Dread, The Final, The Graves, Hidden, Kill Theory, Lake Mungo, The Reeds, and ZMD, Zombies of Mass Destruction. So I've seen Lake Mungo and Zombies of Mass Destruction. Lake Mungo was fucking amazing it is a great movie yeah lake mongo is like a very and and then nothing for five years yeah the reeds (laughs) i i i i think i did i skip between lake mongo and zombies of mass destruction no you said the reeds okay it's that's really bad i watched that on netflix and it was the the reeds 
noteworthy because I'm on the wiki page. The Reeds is the first one of the movies that doesn't have a, a hyperlink. Page. Yeah, yeah, it's and, just red. And then years 15, it's even rarer for there to be a hyperlink. <laughs> yeah, but Rekill, I'm really actually surprised that Rekill was a uh, a Films to Die for 2015. Murder in the Dark, The Wicked Within, ugh, Lumberjack Man, Suspension, Unnatural, Bastard, and Windwalkers. And then that's it. <laughs> like I want to I want to clarify, Unnatural and Bastard are two separate movies. <laughs> because <laughs> the title Unnatural Bastard sounds fantastic. <laughs> uh I feel like I could make a I could make a, a trailer for that. That would be better than both of those movies put together. <laughs> uh, but but for the eight films to die for 2015, which is the last year they did it, there are only two hyperlinks. <laughs> <laughs> one for Rekill, because obviously, and the other one for Lumberjack Man. Yeah, and Rekill isn't a good movie, but it's just a great name for a, a zombie flick. Yeah. All right, well, that was The Grave Dancers from 2006. Real quick, just a reminder, as we stated last week, uh, by the end of this month, we will be jumping off of SoundCloud and moving to Pinecast. You guys aren't really able to search us on Pinecast, so I highly recommend subscribing on whatever type of podcasting app you have. Additionally, once we go to Pinecast, we'll probably be on Spotify, so you can listen to us via that as well. Or just check out our website, hmmpodcast.com. It's got hyperlinks to all of our different types of social media, our Instagram, our Facebook, our our Twitter, all that good stuff. Uh, And when you're subscribing, go ahead and rate and review us. It it apparently helps us with visibility, and that's always important, I guess. Uh, We'll be back next week with another movie that one of you guys requested for us. And I I mean, I am just bursting at the seams. I I could practically birth a human. I'm so excited to talk about (laughs) next week's movie. So tune in and see what we're discussing next week. obsessed with things that happened before your time? Well, if you are, join me, the host of Before My Time, Gelsey Laurie, to discuss the wonders of the yesteryears that we weren't around to enjoy ourselves. You can find us on all podcast platforms. Soon you'll be swaying, so come on, sing along. You've been lost in the woods for hours now, stumbling around in the dark. You come around the bend and see two people roasting marshmallows over a roaring fire. They see you coming into the clearing and gesture over to pull up a log. Welcome to Campfire Ashes. I'm Paul. And I'm Jess. Join us as we tell each other our originally written spooky stories around the campfire and then dive into the lore and legends that inspired them. Is it something that goes bump in the night? Is it something menacing lurking past the tree line? Or is it just weird and otherworldly? You'll find it here on Campfire Ashes. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, or right here on the Geekscape Network. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.